If you know the name of the movie you'd like to see, press one now to choose from a list of curtains. Hi, welcome to It's Going to Get Stupid with Jose and Richard. And we're back with uh, part two. I um, hope you enjoyed that uh, hour and a half long uh, entry into the MCU. Could this be called the stupiding? The, the, the stupiding? What is that? The stupiding? Like the part two? Part like two is part stupid? two of no, like a, a two part not. episode. The stupid. I'm having some deja vu. You yeah. know, guys. Okay, <laughs> you know when there's deja. It's funny. So my um my nine year old, the other day we were driving in the car and she goes, Papa, I remember this conversation. And I was like, What are you talking about? We never had this conversation. She's like, No, no, no. Wait, you're you're. And she did the same thing like, um, uh, Agent Smith did in the Matrix. You know, he was like, You're there and I stand here. And she was doing that. I was like. Yeah, that's called deja vu. And she's like, she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, deja vu. It's the thing that happens where you kind of like remember the events that are going on. And we had this real big, long theological discussion about it and spiritual discussion about what deja vu actually is. Did you explain to her that time doesn't exist? <clears throat> no, but I did. I did say that if she ever sees a black cat and it's the exact same black cat, uh, we're about to die. <laughs> I love deja vu. It makes me it makes me. Um, it's also a good movie with Denzel, with Denzel Washington. Washington. Sure. Um, I love I love Deja Vu because it reminds me that there are mir- uh, mystical, not mystical, supernatural things. I like supernatural better. Supernatural, thing, supernatural things in this world that I do not understand. That you can't explain. That I cannot explain. Yeah. And Happens to me a lot. They're good mysteries. Um, kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> which is the first movie in our next in our next uh, next uh, part two of this uh, MC universe. Look, okay. So... When I heard this movie was coming out, I was super excited. Yeah. And I knew it was going to be amazing because they have a talking raccoon. I didn't care about it. So, um, let's, we, we went a little heavy on the movie and see anybody's listening to this. They've probably already seen these movies. Yep. So the synopsis of this movie is, is it, where's the synopsis? Anyway. Are you looking on the Wikipedia page too? Yeah, there's no synopsis. Yeah, it's all, you can go straight to plot. Dumb. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Guardians of Peter Quill forms an uneasy alliance with a group of extra extraterrestrial misfits who are fleeing after stealing a powerful artifact. That's actually the synopsis of this movie. And that's pretty much it. I mean, it's it, interesting enough. It doesn't have a lot of depth. If you think about the story. Right. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it doesn't have a lot of depth. But it was a cool movie. Like, that's the thing. It was. It, okay. There's a lot of flash and not a lot of substance. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree. Like, I, I, but I, I really enjoy the film, and um, I, I have to sneeze. Nope, nope, nope. We're good. Um, <laughs> I really, <laughs> I really like uh, Chris Pratt as, um, hundred percent as um, Peter Quill. Peter Quill. Peter Quill. Star Lord. Star Lord. Uh, no, hundred percent. He brings some good levity to the MCU. Something that, like, if you're if you're looking at straight into. If you're going from Civil, uh, not Civil War, Winter Soldier to this, Winter Soldier was really heavy. Yeah, like it had not a, a lot of it, not a lot of funny. It was, was kind of dark. There wasn't a lot of funny moments to it, uh, or any funny moments to it. Well, there was like the the Black Widow stuff. Yeah, in um in uh Captain America stuff was funny. Yeah, there was um, but uh, you know for the most part, like it was it was just like a serious movie, and it 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 just it had a lot like a lot of 
it was very weighty uh, material. Um, so this one was definitely a, l- a lot lighter, had a really fun soundtrack to it. Um, you know, introduced like it, everyone became aware of what the mixtape was who, if you weren't born in the, in the eighties or, or hey, earlier, what's a mixtape? Hey, what do you mean? Um, mix CD? What's a CD? <laughs> Uh, what do you do now? Do you, you just you make people? a playlist? You send oh, a playlist. you send a playlist. I used to make my wife That's mix weird. CDs all the time. I, I made mix CDs, not for my wife, just for me. And uh, now it's like I've been working on a playlist, but it like doesn't have like the same. Like, what am I gonna do? Just like text her a link, like, "Hey, I made this for you." That's what people do. It. Yeah, I don't even weird. make playlists for anybody anymore. It's weird. So my wife listen to whatever she wants. So um, the cool thing about this movie was um, Chris Pratt. Uh, Zoe Saldana did a great job as um, Gamora. Yes. I think she was underutilized, though. One of but, Thanos' daughters. Yeah, but that's okay. Um, stealing the show, honestly, Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon. 100%. And Groot. Vin Diesel as Groot. Amazing. Yeah. Even Batista was pretty funny. Okay, Dave Batista good. as, like... The only thing I remember about Dave Batista is his time in the WWE and always thinking like this dude is like jacked. Batista like, ball. Like he is like he's like super crazy muscular, but he's got a sunshine around his belly button. What? As a tattoo. Does he? Yes. Oh, he does, doesn't he? He does. And it, it's always like like okay, like this guy is just weird. But him him as 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 Drax, the um galactic real estate agent turned uh, murderer avenging the death of his family. Was he really galactic real estate agent? <laughs> I believe so. I read that somewhere. I could be wrong. We'll have to, we'll have to check the facts on that one. Um, but like he just made this kind of weird one dimensional character uh, who has zero ability to express emotion. Like amazing. Yeah, no, it's, they did a good job on the yeah. characters. Um, also, some some important key elements that I believe were introduced. This is the first foray Marvel went into space. Yes. So with Thor, they did the kind of like magic the realm, the kind of magic, yeah. mystical kind of stuff, you know, supernatural. And this one, they're definitely in the cosmic realm where they're out of space, outer space. Yeah. So they haven't gone outer space. And, and when you're talking about Infinity War. You need to be outer space. Yeah. You know, you need to get into that. And so that's why this movie needed to be made. And so I, I like the fact they went this route because they're being very strategic with the, the things that they're picking. Right. Um, and they, and it's a fun, lighthearted romp through it. But it also introduces the um, Nova Corps. Yep. Which uh, is very important. Uh, the planet Nowhere. The planet Nowhere, which yeah. is a big part yeah. of we uh, get, this. We get to see more of the Collector. You see the Collector. And including his, Howard the Duck. Including Howard the Duck. And so, I mean, it just brings a lot of good elements yeah. to it. And then the only, the well, only, my only. What? Before we get that far, this is also where we get a f- the first true explanation of the Infinity Stones. Yes, yeah, a full explanation. A full explanation. Because the Tenier Tunner, I can't remember his name, the Collector explains what yeah. they what they are and, and what's going on because w- which stone does ronin have ronin the accuser he has the i don't know man i don't even know i don't maybe it's the, i don't know what stone it is they don't really it's the silly stone uh, he has the silly stone he's the silly stone he's got the purple one yeah he's got the purple stone grape stone <laughs> he's got grape stone that's all i know maybe he has kidney stones he's got kidney stones uh let's see well no he they they have the stone right they use they have it and he takes it from uh the collector yeah anyways uh so there this is the first true explanation we give the infinity stones which kind of reveals like 
hundred percent of where they're going with this, right? I mean, like we 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 got a glimpse of it with Thanos being introduced, um, and uh, and we we start to actually see that they they're leading up to something. They actually show the stones in like this weird, like little kind of almost like preview commercial for it, like in this like cosmic like rendition of the gauntlet, yeah. like towards the towards the end of like their of uh, the collector's explanation of it. Um, the thing that. Okay, continue with what you were gonna say <laughs> about about the this the the problem I have with this movie. Yeah. The one problem I have with this yeah. movie is the villain. Yes, Ronan is so one dimensional; it hurts. He's just there to do stuff. All he is there to do is he's like, "I'm gonna destroy no uh, the world, I can Nova world, wherever yeah. Nova." He's like, "I want to destroy that world. That's yeah. all he wants to do." And now that he has this Infinity Stone, all he has to do is the, is touch his little hammer to the to the earth and it'll destroy it all. Yeah. And I can't even, and it's, and it's like this, this whole religious war that they're having, basically this, this the, theological war, but it, it never really gets fully explained. And that's a problem. And so you, his motivations seem out of whack and stupid and he's working with Thanos and he betrays Thanos, honestly, to yep. go do this. He's like, I don't need you anymore. I have a stone because yep. the whole thing is he's trying to get the stone for Thanos and Thanos is giving him this power and the ships and everything to go destroy. Cause Ronan's a zealot. He's yep. just a religious zealot. But he doesn't even seem like a zealot. He just seems like some lame dude that just is really underused in fitting with the comedy. It doesn't work. He's way too serious for the comedy. Like with that whole dance thing, it just—it's it, funny. I liked it, but it's weird because he's just so. So that's my biggest complaint about this movie is actually the the dance battle. I feel like I feel like Ronan would just hit him. Yeah, like, wouldn't even like stand why, there. Like like. Pop him in the face with a hammer and he's done. Because the whole thing is they didn't establish Ronan as that kind of guy that's kind of like, yeah. what? He just seems like a guy to be like, you're doing that? Okay, I'm going to kill you yeah. right now. Boom, you're dead. Right. So uh, so what what I think is interesting and what this movie does a good job of is kind of setting up more story arcs. Like you introduce different characters. You introduce, you've they've now introduced the Celestials, which is what nowhere is. It's like a, like a celestial float, head. Fl- yeah. It's a floating so, celestial head in space. Um, so for those of you who aren't aware, which uh, I'm assuming a lot of you are, but the Celestials are basically what they're in the Marvel comic book universe. They're like the first beings ever created. Right. And they end up creating a lot of other things. And Thanos is actually, I want to say he's a child of one of the Celestials or a being like he was created from the Celestials, something like that. Uh, I could be wrong on that one. I think you're incorrect. I think I might be incorrect. Yeah, you're right. Anyways, the Celestials are like the big like granddaddies of the universe, right? Like they granddaddy, they, they make a lot of things and they're these big like overpowering beings in the comic books. They play a big part of what's going on. A, a lot of in a lot of situations but it, they don't really get talked about in the mcu very much but i think what the, the good thing the the really good story arc that they introduced in this is the story arc between nebula and gamora um yes who are are both thanos's children in the sense that they were kidnapped from their, adopted by thanos, they were yeah. kidnapped from their home planets adopted and adopted yeah. yes adopted with force well you know sometimes otherwise you called kidnapping sometimes you have um, so they've introduced a story arc where, um, where Nebula and Gamora are basically, they're kind of, they're kind of seen as, as uh, on the same level, uh, in Thanos's eyes. And they're basically pitted against each other. 
Thanos knows Gamora is stronger, but he keeps putting Nebula up against her and making her fight for basically her right to almost be considered Gamora's sister. Yeah. And it's really interesting because they lead into more of this into Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2, but she just has this hatred for Gamora because she's always been seen like the reason why I had to fight so much was because you existed. If you didn't exist, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, have had to, to fight. Even fight. Yeah. Right. So again, it's a good movie. It's funny. It's definitely lighthearted. Um, it has some really great moments in it. Rocket Raccoon's fantastic. Groot is, is good. Even and what I appreciated about Vin Diesel is, um, he, he's the voice of one of my other favorite animated movies. And that's the iron giant. Yes. And that was like his, that was like almost like his first paying gig. And he has very little lines in that movie, but uh, I've seen interviews with Vin Diesel and you can say what you want about the actor and the person, but his mentality is like, no job is too small. And so when he, when he got the, the part of Groot, knowing that his, he didn't, he didn't just say, all he was going to say is I am Groot. I am Groot. Right. But he didn't just That's go, the only thing Groot. he says is I am Groot. But he just, he didn't just show up, get a paycheck and say, I'm Groot. I'm Groot. No, he right. say that. I'm Groot. He like really made a language for Groot yeah. and really got into the character and really yeah. immersed himself in this character. All he's doing is saying, "I am Groot." And he's he does the mocap work. I mean, he's on yeah. he's he's on the set. He's in stilts. Even though the only thing he says is, "I am Groot," he could have phoned it in yeah. and said, "Hey, you're going to pay me for this, but I'm not going to waste my time and be on set. I'll do this in between takes of Fast and Furious 100." And and you're just going to shoot me the lines and One tell me how to say, or like, you know, I'll say I am Groot 10 different ways. You're going to pay me $3 million for that and be done with it. I live my Groot <laughs> one quarter mile at a time. No, he did a great job. I mean, it was, it, I think everybody really gave it all, especially John Gunn, who's the director. James Gunn. James Gunn. Sorry, John Gunn. James Gunn, who really, it's a passion project for him. Yeah. And you can tell, and he yeah. really loves what he's doing and really gets the characters a lot. Um, and so while it wasn't like Iron Man or, yeah, you know, we're talking about later Black Panther or some other movies that were, you know, the, the entries that were just so good. Yeah. I think it was a solid movie and a really solid foray into the cosmic space Marvel. It really universe. was. It was a good introduction to it. And if anything, I think if you take the idea of what the space part of MCU is as a character introduction, this movie accomplishes that. Right, like it introduces this whole new world of things. Oh yeah, definitely. And you just kind of see that there's a whole other, other, yeah. You know, so far you can go with it. There's a myriad of different alien races and all this yeah. stuff, and it's just not everything's not always about Earth, right? And it, it kind of underscores the conflict that's going to happen and what it really means for the universe. And I think we'd be uh, remiss to ignore the fact that Yondu is a great character played by uh, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker, oh man, he so just good. he does such a good job as a character and. Um, yeah, it's he. He adds a good. He's kind of a villain, kind of in this well, movie. I mean, he's just he's he's. You know what? He's Han Solo. Yeah, he really he's is. Han Solo, guys. He really is. He's, he should actually. They should have just got him to be. No, that's <laughs> no, terrible. They no. should just not make Han Solo. Yeah. Anyway, never mention Solo. Yeah. Again. Okay. So after Guardians of the Galaxy comes out, everyone's super excited. But remember, we had those two movies. <laughs> then we had Winter Soldier, which was amazing, and then you had Guardians of the Galaxy, which was pretty good. Yeah. Like, so you're like, okay, okay. They're going to make Avengers 2. Oh, this is going to be awesome. And it's called Age of Ultron. So let me read the synopsis for this. <laughs> Please read the synopsis. When Tony Stark jumpstarts a dormant peacekeeping program, things go terribly awry. 
forcing him, Thor, the Incredible Hulk, and the rest of the Avengers to reassemble. As the fate of Earth hangs in the balance, the team is put to the ultimate test as they battle Ultron, a a technological terror hell-bent on human extinction. Along the way, they encounter two mysterious and powerful newcomers, Pietro and Wanda Maximoff. That's pretty much the movie. Let's move on. (laughs) No, uh... (laughs) Age of Ultron had such potential to be amazing okay, especially so, again, when i heard that james spader was going to be ultron this is again written and directed by joss whedon yeah so avengers was good a good movie yes. and so you're like man avengers 2 is going to be awesome and then you hear it's going to be ultron and ultron is one of those characters that is a formidable foe and you're like this is going to be awesome like it, they finally finally one of the avengers villains is going to be pitted against them and he's extremely hard to kill and they tweaked his origins a little bit, and I was a little about that because I'm like, Hank Pym's really the one that created him. But yeah. whatever, I can get past all that. James Spader's playing him. That's awesome. Yeah. And then you see the uh, trailers, and I'm like, this looks so awesome. When they like, do the um, the Pinocchio song, yeah, the, it's just the really boy. haunting, and yeah. like, you think his that's like this is gonna he's gonna be like the trailers great. made it made it almost like kind of like psychological thriller. The way they yeah, portrayed, yeah, he's, he's messing with them the whole time, yeah. and they're not gonna, and he's gonna he's gonna tear them apart, you know, yeah. And and it kind of you know eh. okay so there, there's a few there's a few good things in this movie. Uh, first off, there is um, we get to see more of the abilities of like the Infinity Stones because they have the Mind Stone which they're using like they they it's a stone but they realize like there's more to it and so they because start they're, they're analyzing the scepter and so um, Jarvis has spent most of his time analyzing the scepter and figuring out what's going on with it, why it, it seems like it's almost like a living entity, right? Um, we get the uh, introduction of uh, of the twins, um, uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet the Witch, Maximoff the twins. Maximoff twins, who in the Marvel universe are Magneto's children, two of Magneto's children. Yes. Um, we get... Through the analysis of the Mind Stone, we get the creation of Vision. Which was awesome. Which was awesome. Like, yes. even though, like, they tweaked his story. <laughs> I didn't mind it at all. I didn't mind it at all either. No, they did they, a good they job. Did a, and he, looked, he looked amazing. He, he really did. Mm. Like, the way he gets introduced, the way he gets created, like, all of that um, is just, it's just, it was just done really well. And I know, like, a lot of people were kind of, like, hemming and hawing about it, but it was just done really well. Yeah. Um, but one of, the, one of the best scenes of this movie, and it happens right when right as Ultron is about to get introduced is when um, the hammer scene, the hammer, the hammer scene. Thor has his hammer on the coffee table and they're all kind of like drinking beers, just kind of like hanging out or whatever. Uh, I forget. They had some sort of like event. Or they had like a party, party because they, um, they got the scepter back. Yeah, they got, yeah. So they were kind of celebrating and um, uh, the hammers on the table and Thor's like, sure, go ahead, pick it up. See yeah. if you're Cause worthy. They're all, Cause they're basically all saying, Oh, it's like, you know, a thumbprint yeah. thing or it's like a secret. It's not really this right. Cause none thing. of them can pick it up. So yeah. they're all like trying to figure it out. You have, um, I think Hawkeye tries to, tries to well, pick so it up. First it's first it's, um, cause, uh, Iron, you know, Tony Stark says, Oh, I can do yeah. it. Right. He tries to pick it up and he's like, hold on a second. And then he gets his, his gauntlet <laughs> he out, the gauntlet his out. Gauntlet, and he's doing it. And then, and then Rhodey comes machine, over yeah. with a war machine. He has a gauntlet and they're like, they're trying to do They're like, are you gears. lifting? He's are like, yeah, trying? are you? And then, um, I think you have, uh, 
Bruce Banner. Yeah. Tries to lift it up and he goes, yeah. he's like, I feel like he's getting angry. He's yeah. like, no, no, it doesn't work. And then Black Captain, w- well, no, Captain America tries to pick it up and it moves. Oh, no, no, before that, they asked, they asked Black Widow if, they go, oh, no, if no, she wants to give it a try. She's like, uh, no, I know I wouldn't be able to pick it up because I'm not worthy. Yeah. And then, and yeah, Cap tries to pick it up and it like budges it a little bit. a little bit. And, and you see like Thor's, Thor's face, face go, go from laughing to like, what? What? Um, so that was great. Um, and the other thing they did with the hammer um, as well is when Vision finally comes in, he's able to wield he picks the hammer. It up, yeah. And he, yeah. he was able to, I think he was able to pick it up in the comics too. Yeah. So um, it's just interesting uh, and it's great. I mean, it was, a good, it was a good film. Yeah. But the thing that let me down was it was similar to Avengers 1. Yes. All they're doing is fighting a bunch of nameless robot clones that are basically all controlled by Ultron. Ultron isn't as menacing to me as he should be. No. Um, he seems like he got be- beaten very easily, honestly. Yeah. And I was kind of let down by that. And yeah. I really wish they they had not totally defeated him because every time Ultron actually gets defeated in the comics, he's never really defeated. He's always somewhere. And it feels like they just defeated him. Maybe he's going to come back and that would be cool. But yeah. it just seemed like he was he, he was good, 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 good villain, good villain. And then he just fell flat. Yeah. Because like some of his lines, like he was acting like a spoiled child at times. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm not like Tony Stark. No, because he's... You know, Tony Stark is technically his father kind of thing. And, right. And so um, some of the choices he made, like when he cut off Claw's hand, that was hilarious. Yeah. So we get introduced to Ulysses Claw through this as well. And by product, we also get the first uh, mention, the first true mention of Wakanda. Yeah, it was Wakanda. And Vibranium is is what, um, what's his name? O- Ultron's, Ultron's t- buying. Is buying from Ulysses Claw in order to make... Make his new body. Make his new his body. Final, his final form. Yeah. And that's another thing I liked was cool, though, is that Ultron kept going through forms. Yeah. And, like, busting through yeah. them. That was really cool. I like, like that progression. So they did some really cool things. It wasn't a terrible film. It just it fell flatter than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It wasn't. It was kind of like Iron Man 2 for me. Yeah. That kind of same thing. And it was kind of, there was boring parts. I will say, though, as far as, like, it being necessary in the MCU, without... Um, without Age of Ultron, we don't get Civil War. Yeah, I mean, because because of that Sokovia course, yeah. uh, I don't think Quicksilver should have died. No, I 100% agree. And honestly, I've been waiting for him to come back in some way because the way their technology is, I mean, Coulson was dead and they brought him back to in the Shield him. series. Yeah. Um, uh, they, should, they shouldn't bring him back. They just shouldn't have killed him. It yeah, they it definitely shouldn't. They have. didn't need that emotional punch at all. It didn't make any... I mean, it was. I guess... Yeah. But they really didn't need that. They just... I mean, anyway... Um, yeah, so there's a big fight at the end with you know floating yeah. city, and I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I thought the fight was great. It just seemed like I was like they should really just be fighting Ultron by himself, and he should be handily he should be able to handle them with no problem. And then, all all five all whatever yeah, he should six, be able to handle all of them. many there he's, are at this point. Yeah, he's he, that's the way yeah. he is. Um, but we never got that. They were just fighting nameless robots and yeah. trashing them easily. Yeah, and you know rescuing some people. It was cool. And then Banner flies away he exits so nobody knows where he goes um and the cool thing is is that one little seed that they put in there is that when um scarlet witch is against them she she kind of shows them some visions of things uh like tony stark sees everyone dead and that he failed them um and that prompts him to actually create ultron right um and then you have um like what's his name uh captain america steve rogers sees you know basically that he is all his friends have died he's yep. out of he's definitely out of time he's in a place he doesn't know and he's just conflicted 
Um, uh, we see we see Thor's foreshadowing of uh, Ragnarok. Ragnarok, where uh, Asgard is destroyed uh, again through the help of uh, Eric Selvig. Yeah, and then I think that's it. Yeah, because because Hawkeye's like, oh, that was a great line by Hawkeye. Uh, tried uh, been brainwashed, didn't take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's. I mean, they had some really cool moments with him and Quicksilver too. But he wanted yeah. to kill Quicksilver. He's like always getting hit by yeah. him and stuff. So it had some really good. It had some really good moments. Yeah. One of the highlights of of this movie, though, it's my favorite Thanos scene so far, where he's basically ticked off that none of his pawns have have actually done the job of getting the stones for himself so he he goes into like one of his chambers and, and, and just puts his hand in the gauntlet and he's like i'll, I'll do, do this it myself. myself but and this is this is now now this is when um what do you call it brolin is actually thanos because yeah. i don't think before yeah brolin has never been thanos right wait no they did have him on chair yeah yeah okay they never they did they had him um but one one thing, oh man, I forgot what I was gonna say. Anyway, whatever. Um, yeah. So the, what is that? What happens at the end? Do they become the first Avengers after this? Uh, yeah. So at the end Are of the it, next- he, uh, Tony basically builds the Avengers headquarters of the Avengers compound, and you see, yeah, uh, to- you see Iron Man, War Machine, uh, Scarlet Witch, Black Widow, and Vision, um, Falcon. all in Falcon. All kind of like team up at the end of it, kind of alluding to like they're New actually Avengers. the Avengers now. Yeah, yeah. So like they've actually taken on the formal name of the Avengers, which doesn't really ever happen, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Um, okay, so moving along, it's so solid film. Yeah, it was good. It just it, wasn't it, as it's, good. It's necessary in order to get what we get further down the line, but it it could have been more. And yeah. the way they they did the marketing, the trailer, what the the anticipation of what the trailers were going to bring was by far much more enjoyable than, than watching the movie. Yes. So I agree. Yeah. All right. Then we have the next film. Yes. Which is Ant-Man. So I'll go through the synopsis forced out of his own company by former protege, Darren Cross, Dr. Hank Pym recruits the talents of Scott Lang, a master, a master thief just released from prison. Lang becomes (laughs) Ant-Man trained by, by uh, Pym and armed with a suit that allows him to shrink in size, possess superhuman strength and control an army of ants. The minute, well, they really like just threw that in there. The miniature <laughs> hero must use his new skills to prevent cross also known as yellow jacket from perfecting the same te- technology and using it as a weapon for evil. I'm going to start off by saying that this movie completely surprised me. And when I first heard about it, I was like, do they really need to make an ant man movie? Because most, no, most people, they don't. Most people I talked to, said, why are they making this movie and <laughs> yeah. who is Ant-Man? Yeah. And then when I realized it wasn't Pym and it was Scott Lang, I was like, yeah. okay, that's going to be a good yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, because Pym would be good, but he was a founding member of the Avengers, so I like, I don't want to, don't inv- don't involve him now. Right. Um, but I like what they did and it, they did a, dude, Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, great. He's great. He was great. And I feel like, uh, again, him with Chris Pratt, like uh, they, they haven't interacted so far yet, but they've brought levity to the MCU in a good way. Yeah. Not in like a cheesy not way, a, not, a cheesy not way. in a Jim Carrey playing the Riddler. Although, kind of although way. I think some people would, would say that they are and they, yeah. they're not liking some of the humor that's been going on in the MCU. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's, 
I think it's good. No, I, th- I think it's great. I think I think the way that they've handled uh, the Ant-Man character, again, they did a really good job of, of introducing a character I didn't really care about. They also introduced great side characters like Michael Pena's character as Luis, who kind of plays like this. <laughs> He's the best, man. <laughs> this like idiot friend of Scott Lang. And he's just great. Like his involvement in the movie, just he he was dealing like one liners and and just like the comic relief, even even for Paul Rudd, like his involvement just made everything much more uh, interesting and it added a new dynamic to the movie. So basically Scott Lang is this is this thief. He he's known for making decisions that basically hurt people that he loves, um, which is why like he's he's a thief and he's kind of on the run. Um, he's divorced. He has a daughter. Well, he just got out of prison. Yeah, he just got out of prison. Um, so he's trying not to get into more trouble, right? But trouble just seems to find him. Yeah. Right. So Hank Pym basically hires him to steal something from himself yeah. just to see how good of a thief he is because he needs to steal this. Yell, this they're very, basically developing his shrinking formula. Right. And he doesn't want it to fall in the wrong hands right. because he was Ant-Man before and he went on missions for the government. But yeah. then for Howard Stark, who... Again, terrible person that dude <laughs> and um <laughs> and uh so he was running his missions and he realizes that you know all shield wanted him was for is to you know eventually make again to use as a weapon is to he use- didn't want to be used as a weapon anymore right. and so he goes into hiding basically and kind of just yeah. runs his company and so this protege of his finds a way to make this shrinking formula right. and he's trying to get trying to get uh scott lang to steal it right as ant-man and so he shows him the suit and he killed this little training montage of him yeah. learning how to use it, which was really <laughs> right cool. It was great, man. I mean, that was that was a really, you know, montages are always great. And to see him utilize the powers yeah. and do that. And the way that they, when I first saw this trailer, yeah. the the full trailer, I was blown away. Yeah. He's running down the barrel of a gun. Yeah. He goes and flips a guy over as the ant. Yeah. And it was just, it was really inventive way to, to use these powers and to see how they work. And then I saw the, the they're, they're making a sequel, Ant Man and Wasp. Yeah. And when I saw that trailer, I was like, "Wow, that's even more inventive." Yeah. I was like, "That's really cool." Just really interesting ways that a whole fight scene. There's a fight scene between him and Yellow Jack at the end where they're fighting on that. Um, that hurt a lot, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I just kicked his leg. <laughs> yeah, and I have a, I have a boo boo on it, <laughs> as my kids would say. And so there's a train. There's like a miniaturized train set. Yeah. And they're fighting on the yeah. train set in his daughter's room, and they're so tiny. And there's just one where he's like. He's on the train track and the train's coming and he's like, no. And then it zooms all the way out and you just see the train just fall over and it's like, what? It's, it's just so funny. And the way that they played with the the um, size was really great. And uh, the other important part that they introduced in this universe, you know, we had Guardians of the Galaxy bringing in like the space realm or the, the space kind of story arc. You have Thor bringing in the, the mystical, magical part of it, like the nine realms and everything like that. This is where you first see the glimpse of the um, quantum universe. Yeah. Um, which kind of goes beyond reality and different things like that, which leads into other movies. But this is where you kind of get the first glimpse of it. You you hear the story of how the first um, lady who played the Wasp, who was Hank, Hank Pym's wife, um, how she shrunk down so small that she actually got sucked into the quantum universe. And that's how he lost her. And so he's very hesitant to... I, doesn't he put like a limit to like how far like how far down there's, he there's a regulator yeah there's a regulator and towards the end of the movie like he actually has to like break the regulator in order to save the day but 
he puts that regulator on because he's so afraid of anyone ever getting sucked back into that quantum world because it's kind of endless and there's no way to really get out of it. Yeah, you just keep shrinking forever, right. basically. Um, um, so in the post credit scene, you see that um, he Pim shows his daughter the wasp uniform. Yeah, and, played by Evangeline yeah, Lilly. It was great. She was she was great in this movie. Yeah, and then another post credit scene. That's the mid credit. This is sorry, the whole mid credit post credit yeah. thing. Now, um, it shows a scene from Civil War where um, Bucky is found in a like they they they've captured Bucky basically. Right, they have him in a vice, and they're trying to talk to him. And then um, what's it called? Uh, Wilson? No, Anthony Mackie's character. What's it? Sam Wilson. Sam, who's, yeah, who's the Falcon? Says, hey, you know we let's contact Tony Stark and um, Captain America's like, we can't contact Tony yeah. because of the accords. I don't think they mentioned them, but basically they can't talk to Tony for some yeah. reason. And then uh, Falcon goes, I think I know a person. And yeah. it ends. So you're like, you're all hyped up. Cause like, Oh, what is it? Oh, you know, cause you know, by this time, you know, civil war is coming. Yeah. Because and, Scott Lang did have to go into Avengers. Uh, yeah. Avengers that was also Wars. something yeah. I didn't know. And there, there was rumor to be like some kind of fight. So basically in order to steal this one, they need to find this one device or whatever yeah. he has to go to the new avengers training facility which yeah. they thought was just an abandoned like a warehouse a secret facility but it was actually the training facility and he fight he has a he little has tussle a tussle yeah. with the falcon and it's really great yeah and then he's like you won't tell anybody about this or something like that it was <laughs> it was it was a good little fight scene and good little cameo from the falcon yep um again this is where again this was a solid introduction to a character yeah. Right. But the next movie is probably like one of my second favorites. I, I think this is my favorite movie. And uh, I recently just watched this again for I don't know how many times, but it's Captain America Civil War. And you can really think of this as really Avengers 2.5. Well, this is what I like they're doing with Captain America, because you think about Winter Soldier, it wasn't just about Captain America. It was right. about a lot of things. And this one, it's it's a Captain America movie. You can tell it's a Captain America movie, but it's really an Avengers movie. <laughs> Well, no. I believe that this movie is definitely a Captain America centric movie. Okay, but uh, yeah, they don't, they don't yeah. just they don't just make it. They don't they, yeah. they make it what it should be, right? And it's it's the relationship between yeah. Tony and Steve and their different ideologies. Yes, how they think about things. Yes, and it's it's all been leading up to like Tony feeling this way about feeling guilty about all the events that he's causing. Right, and really his dad caused which his dad caused and it's the legacy that they're going yeah. on. But basically this is Steve realizing that we can't just react emotionally to right. things. So let me read the synopsis. All right. Captain America Civil War political pressure mounts to install a system of accountability when the actions of the Avengers led to collateral damage, AKA Sokovia, the new status quo deeply divides members of the team. Captain America believes superheroes should remain free to defend humanity without government interference. Iron Man sharply disagrees and supports oversight. As the debate escalates into an all-out feud, Black Widow and Hawkeye must pick a side. That was weird, the, the way they added that Black Widow. Like, they were just like, oh, we should throw them in there. And there's, it's not there's a lot of the people that had to pick a side. Yeah. So, in this movie, we get... Obviously, we have Cap. We have Tony Stark. Every hero that has been introduced... Yes. ...other than Thor and Bruce Banner. And we find out why later. Yeah. And <laughs> we don't have the Guardians of the Galaxy. And the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Yeah. But... We also get the introduction of T'Challa, Black Panther. Black Panther, and we finally get to see Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man actually in comes an in MCU too. in an MCU. Yeah, and that uh, was a big thing because yeah. like nobody, I didn't know until maybe like a month before yeah. that and was actually going to happen. They did such a good job of hiding it. They did, like even in all the trailers, because it wasn't announced until like right before the movie came out. 
Uh, it I was a, say, it was a big rumor, but nobody yeah, knew for sure. I want to say like a month before the movie came out, they finally released a trailer where you see Spider Man in his Tony Stark in the Tony Stark version of his of his suit. Um, but yeah, this movie it's it's great. You need Winter Soldier to happen in order to get this movie. You need Ant Man to happen oh, in order yeah. to get this movie. Um, you need everything that's everything that's been leading up. That's that's why like from now on every movie that comes out. Yeah. It, other than maybe well no no I feel like every one of them you need you needed a backstory you need something else yeah. to happen in order for this to happen um and it all stems from uh the other uh, Avengers 2 yeah Age of Ultron Age of Ultron with them yeah. fighting Scovia because if you think about it like this is the kind of questions we would ask right yeah. if you had these superheroes running around doing stuff causing damage who's paying for this damage yep. what's going on it's kind of what they tried to do in Batman vs Superman but they failed miserably and interestingly enough Batman vs Superman, Superman came out around the same time of this movie and they were both superheroes fighting superhero movies yeah. and one did a good job and one did a terrible terrible <laughs> terrible job uh, you can guess which one um, but it's that question of like who's holding them accountable right and should we hold them accountable right. and who says that they can go like you know when tony stark when he went into that other war zone just started destroying stuff he's like look i'm gonna take some own hands what kind of political instability does that cause when you have these group of superpower people fighting in other countries doing stuff and then kind of leaving and going leaving the pieces for the government to pick up right now the other the other uh, character that we get in this, Jose literally just kicked his mic. Like, he didn't just hit the mic. He literally kicked it. Like, he was done. I was angry. <laughs> the other uh, interesting thing, and you mentioned this about another villain. Uh, um, I'm having a hard time remembering now. Um, oh, it's um, uh, Whiplash. So, you mentioned that Whiplash was kind of brought in as a villain who wasn't really caring if he won or lose. He wanted to, like, break this he idea. Wanted he wanted to destabilize. He wanted to destabilize, Stark, yeah. right? Well, in this in this movie, we get Baron Zemo, who in in essence does the exact same thing, and I think he's a great villain to have in this movie. Could they have used him to do more? Absolutely. I don't think so. No, I'm, honestly, it's, here's the thing: like when you when people have debates about yeah. Baron Zemo, they're like, "Oh, everything he did was coincidental." And yes, there are certain things that he did that were like they. Obviously, if you make a plan, you have to rely on certain people acting certain ways. Sure. But he obviously studied the Avengers. Yeah. He studied how they act, how they react to each other. Yeah. And he knew that if you did this, they would react this yeah. way. Because here's the thing. <clears throat> Tony Stark and Captain America are so strong-headed. Yeah. They're going to do... They're going to react the same way. I would almost say that Baron Zemo sent that lady from the State Department to talk to Tony Stark. Maybe. I yeah. really feel like he had a plan. He had a, that part of his plan was like, I need to get Tony Stark to do this. He probably he probably had his hand in the, the yeah. accords even being yeah. done. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like all of this was yeah. him just moving it to yeah. where they could see that that I could see that. That these these people should not be trusted yeah. and they are gonna eat themselves apart. Yeah. They're gonna fight amongst themselves. So in the comic books, the Civil War storyline is basically uh some people believe that all the superheroes should uh, basically unmask themselves and and let society know who they are. Well, uh, I, th I think it was more that I don't know if they wanted everyone to, but basically the government needed to know who they were. Yeah. There needed to be a register, a registered superhero registry of yeah. like, we need to know who you are so that we can keep tabs on you. I don't yeah. think it was for necessarily all the public to know. Right. But the, you know, Steve Rogers thing was like, look, I'm known yeah. and I still don't think you should do this because 
people are putting their lives on the line for this. They're putting their families on the line and this is wrong and we can control our own destiny kind of thing. Right. And so you get, there's, there's definitely Spider-Man involvement in the comic version of it, even more so because Spider-Man is kind of put in the middle, middle of this as like, they're trying to win over whose side he's on. Yeah. Tony gives him, uh, in the comic books, the iron, the iron spider armor, which is this kind of, it's, it's made similar to, it's made to look similar to the Iron Man armor where it's red and gold. And he has like two extra appendages added to it. So yeah. it's kind of like the, um, the Spider-Man clone, uh, from many, many comic series ago, but it's like a mechanical suit. The man spider, the man spider. Um, so in the movie, um, it's definitely, it's definitely a different storyline, but it all, it all plays very well into what they've done in the MCU and creating these storylines, you know, dealing with the consequences of what happened in, in, in Sokovia during age of Ultron. Um, and you know, answering the questions that we've already discussed, but it's, it, it, it's a good kind of wrap up to like what's, what's happening and it, it kind of closes one chapter, like kind of the strictly earthbound chapter of the Avengers storyline and definitely like leaves it a little bit more open to like what's, what's coming up next. We get to see black uh, T'Challa acting as black Panther after that his was, father man, dies. That was so awesome. Um, we see uh, Scarlet witch kind of learn her place in, in what in the Avengers and what it is and kind of like make her own decisions. Um, Elizabeth Olsen does a great job as as Scarlet Witch and frankly I think she's a phenomenal actress it, it's crazy to think that she's related to the same Olsen twins that were They're in great Full actresses, House bro. okay yeah um but anyways uh the you've the, never seen uh I'm London? gonna stop you right there I don't even know I don't uh, even know some of their titles and you get to see the the kind of romance build between Vision and Scarlet Witch you see Ooh. Hawkeye come out of retirement, so so-called retirement, in order to to kind of help Cap, and you see this this big team up, and I think it's it's something that we all wanted to see for a very long time. It's just like every the strongest people just like going against and each it, other. So interesting, like when people saw that, at least talk about that fight scene. They're like, oh, it wasn't big enough, but I'm like. Okay, you're not going to have the fight scene from the comics where everyone's fighting everyone. But what they had is they had Team Cap, which consisted of Falcon, um, Ant Man, Hawkeye, Bucky, Bucky, and um, that's it. No, there's one more in there. Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Versus Team Iron Man, who had Iron War, Man, Machine, War Machine, Spider Man, yeah. um, Black Widow, Black Widow, Black Panther. In vision. Uh, in vision at yeah. the end he comes in at the end yeah um and so they're they're just going at it and the the matchups are great they're yeah. funny um there's some there's some really cool scenes like one scene where uh ant-man grows he becomes <laughs> giant, man, giant man and it's it, it's just you know it's almost like i we don't want to fight but we have to fight in they're so pig-headed and stubborn that yeah. they can't get past themselves yeah and and um you know ultimately you can't say one or the other are wrong necessarily no. but in this essence you know, Steve thought he was doing the right thing because he's trying to protect his friend. Yep. Tony's just really trying to protect the team. Right. And, you know, what, what we're trying this to ideology. do. This ideology. This ideology. Yeah. Um, I that was great. And then, you know, he goes off to help them, and then they get no fight at the end because he's. He, we find out that Bucky Barnes murdered Tony Stark's parents. Yeah. As the Winter Soldier. As the Winter Soldier. And he's, he, you know, he can be controlled. And so yeah. he's, you know, it's this whole thing of like, honestly, if you have this guy who is mind controlled, I don't care if he's your friend, 
anybody can use him as a weapon. He shouldn't be allowed to just run free. That's what Tony's thing is. And then he's mad because, you know, he killed my parents. And so he goes off the handle and um, Cap seems like he's going to kill Tony Stark. But yeah. at least that's what Tony feels like he's yeah. going to kill him. And it kind of shatters their friendship and, you know, and really breaks them apart doing what Zemo wanted. Yeah. That's what Zemo wanted in the first place. Yeah. He wanted them to tear themselves apart. He knew he couldn't go yeah. hand-to-hand combat with them, but he knew that yeah. he'd make well, them fighting against each other. He even says, like, everyone has tried to kill them. It didn't yeah. work. So yeah. let's stop do- trying to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, actually, no. You know who said that? Um, who said that? Zemo says it towards the end. He says, stronger men than, than I have, have tried to fight against them. He's I, like, but they making them fight against themselves. I think that's what Ultron said, actually, wasn't it? Possibly. I think Ultron are, are one of the are, are Quicksilver said something yeah. like that. Like we try to kill them, and you know, it's, what's it going to do? Yeah. So, um, and he successfully breaks up the team. You know, yeah. the Avengers. Uh, some of them are captured. Cap right? loses the his fight. shield. Cap loses. His, well, he leaves his he, shield yeah. there. He says, "Forget it. You know, it's yours." He yeah. says, "That's my dad's." And you know, it's very emotional. It's a, it's a very powerful movie. And, and for, if you've been following these characters, I think they handled it yeah. in a really well done way amazing film bringing all those characters in and it and it then it shows you though what avengers should look like which yep. is why you say it's avengers 2.5 because this is what avengers should be like and that's yeah. why we're so excited about avengers Infinity war because the russo brothers are going to are directing that one yeah. and we should see the same level of uh, same caliber of movie coming out of that yep um and also we get one of the best stanley stanley appearances when he drops off Tony the, Stank. he drops off the phone that Cap sends uh, yeah. Tony Stark and says, "I'm looking for Tony Stank." <laughs> oh, we we should also mention that War Machine gets <laughs> yeah, gripp- gets paralyzed. War Machine gets crippled, but <laughs> yeah. what, I mean, but you obviously know that he's going to be fine. I mean, yeah. it wasn't. I I I think someone should have died. Yes, but it's okay that they didn't. Did we talk about Spider Man being in this too? Yeah, we talked about Spider-Man. Okay. And that was it's cool. But we're gonna talk more about Spider-Man yeah. when we talk about Spider-Man. So All right. let's clip it along. The next entry, Doctor Strange. Doctor Stephen Strange's life changes after a car accident robs him of the use of his hands because he's a surgeon. When traditional medicine fails him, he looks for healing and hope in a mysterious enclave. He quickly learns the enclave is at the front line of a battle against unseen dark forces bent on destroying um, destroying reality before long strange is forced to choose between his life a fortune and status or leave it all behind and defend the world as the most powerful sorcerer in existence the sorcerer supreme you're um, a wizard steven <laughs> <laughs> so this movie i actually really like i think it's a great introduction to the doctor strange character again a character that I didn't really care about. I love too Doc- much. I love Doctor Strange. No, I, honestly, I, I mean, mean, I've 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 always liked Doctor Strange, and recently I read right before this movie came out, I read a run of of him yeah. um, in the um, Defenders. Yeah, that was really good. And he's just he's a jerk, man. And they did a really good job. Benedict did a really good job of, of portraying the jerkness of Stephen Strange because Stephen Strange is a jerk. Yes, hundred percent. He's, he's more. He's like Tony Stark. He's like a, a magical Tony Stark. Yeah, that's what he is. Um. I, I thought this movie was great. Uh, I enjoyed it. I feel like it's the Iron Man of the of the quantum world, the mystical of, of the mystical. Um, it brings more of the magic because, like, you have a little bit with Thor, but this yeah. is like really the first foray into the magic. Because yeah. the thing about Marvel in its universe, you know, comic book wise, they have the Earth heroes, yeah, they have the space heroes, yeah, and then they have the magical heroes it's kind of like falls in between yeah yeah and they deal with a lot of other dimensional stuff and the space heroes deal yeah. with the space and then the ground and the earth heroes deal with just earth 
and also, uh, I think this movie deserves the mention that this is the only form of time travel that Jose actually enjoys. I was okay with this form of time travel because <laughs> it was contained. Um, but you get great villains um, like My- Michael... Um, Mads Mikkelsen? Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. Not a good villain. I don't know what you're talking about. You didn't like Not, him? Nope. I enjoyed him. Another... See, again... He was very one-dimensional, I, okay. but I enjoyed... He wasn't, he wasn't actually as one-dimensional. So here's the thing. So a lot of stuff... We don't need to go over this movie because okay. it was... I mean, it was good. Um, but when you, when you think about the villain, I, I, his motivations were good right yeah. because the whole point is that the ancient one is doing what he's trying to do yeah and he's like why should the ancient one get to do it why don't i get to do right. it? right that doesn't make any sense yeah. and you're holding these secrets for yourself and i don't trust you they didn't play that enough that's the only problem because they had to it was about stephen strange and him well really dr strange was his own villain in this yeah movie. it wasn't there wasn't really like a I mean, he had an antagonist, yeah. but you know the cape helped him fight him anyway. Yeah. So it was like whatever. And then Dormammu was kind of was Dormammu was kind of a little bit of a uh, of a letdown because he Dormammu is this like gigantic like cosmic being. I do like how he defeats him, yeah, but he defeats him great. Like yeah. he defeats him in a great way, right? Dormammu have come to bark. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just a repeat because he, at this point he has the time stone, uh, the Eye of Agamotto, and he's able to like put Dormammu. He's able to hold Dormammu into this like repeating prison of of this this few moments that constantly happens and finally Dormammu realizes like what are you doing like what are you doing this to me after he kills Stephen Strange like a, a whole bunch a of billion times, yeah. times <laughs> right and so the what I really appreciate I, I enjoyed how they dug deeper into the into the the quantum mystical universe uh, the visuals behind this were amazing oh it was beautiful um, the uh, I just thought it did a really good job of introducing these characters and introducing this world because they are necessary as as things progress, right? Definitely. And yeah. you need all those different parts of the Marvel universe to, yeah. in order to bring this Infinity story to light. Yeah. Like it has to incorporate everything because Thanos is a threat to everything, yeah. not just Earth. Yeah. And that's important to know. And I think, I hope, I and I hope they do a good job. Yeah. Of doing, I think they do because you you see in Wakanda, he's in Wakanda. And they, yeah. they, it seemed like they're going all over the place, yeah. which shows how big of a threat he actually is. Yeah. I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, so, Doctor Strange is really good. Um, it's a good entry, like it's a good palate cleanser too. It is right because the next movie you get into is another sequel, and it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Peter Quill and his fellow guardians are hired by a powerful alien race, the Sovereign, to protect their precious batteries from invaders. When it is discovered that Rocket has stolen the items they were sent to guard, the Sovereign dispatched their armada to search for vengeance. As the guardians try to escape, the mystery of Peter's parentage is revealed. Yes. That is not, that is the weird synopsis. It is the weird synopsis. synopsis the movie. Uh, but, I mean, it's part of it's true. So, I mean, the whole point of this movie is that Ego, who is Peter's dad, yeah. is it is the living planet, right? Yeah. And so he's this being. I think he's an eternal, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. yes. And he is impregnating. He's been impregnating beings all over the galaxy, all over the universe, trying to Did you figure say out life. Played by Kurt Russell. I yeah. Don't remember. No, he's, no, he's played by Kurt Russell. Yeah. Wonderfully played by Kurt yes. Russell. Honestly, I think he is. Um, and so he basically offers Peter's like, look, you know, you were the only one that's basically sur- survived and ha- you have the powers of the Eternals, which right. is why he was able to hold onto the Infinity Stone without dying instantly, right. which is pretty cool. I like how they did that. Um, but it's basically there's there's really I mean, 
the sovereign is kind of the antagonist and then there's also the ravagers that are also antagonists there's a couple of them there's no main yeah. villain here other than ego yeah. but he's not really a villain so i it's okay i i like i liked the movie a lot i enjoyed this movie more than the first guardians um but i think what really sealed it like the whole the heart of this movie is about fatherhood yes right and how peter is looking for a father and that's why he's doing all this stuff anyway he's just yeah. looking for a father figure and he didn't realize he had one in Yondu yeah. the whole time. And he, when he finds out that this guy's going to be his dad, he's so excited. And the person that Ego pretends to be or shows him to be yeah. is not who he really is. And he finds out that he gave his, you know, Ego gave his mother cancer yeah. for, for selfish reasons. And he finds out that Yondu has basically protected him his entire life. Exactly. Like Yondu was meant to kill Peter Quill. Yes. And realizes that instead of, instead of killing, instead of taking, so. Yondu is part of the original part of the Ravagers, Ravagers, and part of the Ravagers code is not to kill, isn't it not to kill children or something like that? Is it? Yeah. And so they basically, Yondu took, took the job to go, to go kill Peter Quill, um, but then ends up not being able to do it when he, when he gets to him. Um, and so, but as, as it turns out, because he took the job, uh, Yondu was kicked out of the Ravagers, right? Like he, but he could never reveal like that he actually like the didn't. actual Ravagers. Yeah, but he couldn't actually. Just letting y'all know right now, you might get sick from listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, anyways, it has one of the greatest lines where <laughs> Yondu says, "I'm Mary I'm Poppins, Mary Poppins, y'all," because <laughs> Peter's trying to explain to him about like. Mary, po- like how he came into his life. What is it? What is it? Like he came into his life. Yeah, and, and like, like he's, story fl- he's Mar- like Mary floating Poppins. up. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Mary Poppins is good. A good something. Yeah. He's a warrior. So he's like, yeah, yeah. She's a warrior. Yeah. Like, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah. So uh, Yondu dies in this movie. Um. He gets he gets the Ravagers Spoiler funeral. Spoiler alert. <laughs> he gets the Ravagers funeral that he always wanted, even though the Ravagers said like you, you the I forget it's like the colors of something will never. Will, won't fly over you uh, in on yeah, your they deathbed. They shoot colors or something. I don't know, man. There's, so, but it was a very touching storyline for for Yondu. It really was. Right? Like it's weird because there's a lot of stuff going on in this yeah. movie that I do not care about at all. So the one thing I will say that is important is you get more depth into the Nebula Gamora yes. storyline, and you learn that the reason why Nebula has so many like um, cybernetic parts to her body is because every time Nebula or Gamora defeated her, Thanos would just rebuild her so that she would have to fight again. Wow. And so it really adds more to the story of like why Nebula hates Thanos and why she hates Gamora. Towards the end of it, Nebula realizes like Gamora, this wasn't Gamora's fault. She was, she was being played by Thanos just as much as Nebula was, but her hatred towards Thanos just keeps growing and growing over time. You know, in the first time she's introduced in the guardians, she's kind of working, she's doing Thanos's bidding. Yeah. But then over time, like she's become her own character. And I would say like, she's one of the stronger characters that is a side story arc. Well, I think she's going to play a bigger role in the infinity war. Yeah. But you get to learn more about like why she hates Gamora so much and how she blames it. It's almost like she blames Gamora for Nebula still being alive because she was put through so much torture through all the battles that they went through together that Thanos pit like put them against each other that it, because of Thanos's crazy, his craziness, like he kept rebuilding her and it's kind of Gamora's fault that, she's constantly being rebuilt anyways i thought that was a really good part of the storyline um and it was it was just done it added more to 
to their fight against each other. So a couple of things that in this movie that got introduced. Mantis. Yes. Great character. Yeah. Who plays Ego's assist, like, servant and she's an empath and it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, Does a good job of countering uh, Drax's Drax, yeah. lack it's, of emotion. It's great. Um, also, um, Craglin, who's the one of the guy, Ravagers, he yeah. takes up Yondu's telekinetic arrow and control yeah. fin. Um, Groot is growing back to normal size. He's like yeah. a teenage, he had teenager post Groot. credits, he's teenage oh, he's Groot. great, yeah. man. And then Aisha, who's the uh, leader of the um, Sovereign, yeah. creates a new being called Adam Warlock. Adam. Didn't say Adam Warlock. It's, it just said Adam. It's definitely Adam Warlock. Probably going to be Adam Warlock to, cr- Adam to Warlock. destroy the Guardians. So we're going to probably get Adam Warlock in the Infinity War. I don't think we'll get it in Infinity no. War. Well, no, I'll I don't think we'll get it in Infinity War. We might get it in Infinity War 2 or whatever it's going to be called. Or Guardians 3. Or Guardians 3. And then we also get to see the Watchers yes. in this as well. So a yeah. lot of other world celestial Marvel things that are happening yeah. um, that, that are pretty cool. Um, so, I mean, for me, it wasn't as good as the first movie. I, I did like it. Um, I think the story was deeper yeah. than the first movie, yeah. though. Um, but it seemed a little out of... There was too much going yeah, on at some, I agree. at some points. That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't. It didn't stick to like a single thing, which yeah. as you can see in the the synopsis. Yeah. Okay. So then after that, you know, before that, we found out that there was going to be a solo Spider-Man film. Yeah. Thrilled by his experience with the Avengers, young Peter Parker returns home to live with his Aunt May under the watchful eye of mentor Tony Stark. Parky, Park, Parky. Tony Stank. <laughs> Tony Stank. Parker starts to embrace his Parky. newfound identity as Spider-Man. He also tries to return to his normal daily routine, distracted by thoughts of proving himself to be more than just a friendly neighborhood superhero. Peter must soon put his powers to the test when the evil vulture emerges to threaten everything that he holds dear. So first off, one of the best villains in the MCU yeah. is the Vulture. Because he's create like he's a villain created like he only exists because the MCU like what's happened in the Battle of New York, yeah. everything ex- ex- happened, right? So like, his so basically, you know, his uh, Michael Keaton plays the Vulture. I forgot the guy's name. Um oh, what's his name? Uh Tombs. Victor yeah. Tombs. Adrian Toomes, sorry. Uh, he, he runs a salvage company, and they're salvaging after the Battle of the New York. So starts out with that, and then he gets kicked out because the government comes in with their, you know, their crew, and they're going to they're gonna handle it now. But he bought all these trucks and, you know, hired all these people. Why are you <laughs> kicking me over and over again? <laughs> um, hiring all these trucks, and he spent all this money, and now he's lost the job, lost the yeah. contract. And Tony Stark had, you know, helped fund this government agency, and so now he's mad at Tony Stark. He's mad at the government, and so... They find a truck with some. He he forgot to return one of the trucks with the stuff on it. He's like, yeah. "Well, we'll just keep it." And so then he basically now runs this business where he makes different tech and yeah. guns from alien technology for criminals, for criminals and are free to buy. They sell on the black yeah. market. It could be for anybody. Um, tech, alien tech, you know, uh, tech from any of the battles that have happened. Yeah. So he's basically salvaging all this cool tech from Tony Stark and all this stuff and repurposing it into different things. Um, and then Peter Parker's living out his daily life as Spider-Man. He's it's after the battle. It's after Civil War. Yep. So it's after the battle at the airport, and he's kind of waiting to be to go back on another mission. Yep. And it never happens. And he's getting restless. And he's just kind of. I like how they just do his day-to-day stuff. As you get to Peter see Parker. Happy Hogan come back. Yeah, Happy Hogan as a uh, as Peter's liaison to yeah. the Stark to Stark yeah. Industries and the Avengers. I mean, I just like how he's like he's not really stopping crimes. Yeah, it's really good the way they do it. He's the, he like he catches a bike thief, but he can't find who the bike belongs to. Yeah. It's like hilarious. Yeah. It's like he's 
he's really a teenager yeah. not knowing exactly what to do and not getting any direction. Yeah. And he's getting antsy because he knows he has these powers. He yeah. knows he can do more. But he can't more, do anything with it. But him. he can't do anything. I mean, he went toe-to-toe with Captain, Captain America. America and yeah. Bucky, you know, the Winter Soldier and all these people. And, yeah. he, and he took down Giant Man. I mean, like, he knows how powerful he is. Yeah. And here he is stuck in his own couple square blocks, not able to really do anything yeah. until he finally gets into one altercation and causes a bunch of damage and um causes his ship to get cut in half well and then no because what happens is after he finds that that tech that yeah. that gun um he realizes that there are these guns you know on the street and all yeah. this stuff is happening and so he's following he's kind of being a detective following the tech um finds out that it's going to be at this you know there's going to be this meet and on a ferry on a ferry the ferry gets destroyed and cut he, in half cut in half he almost saves it but he can't do it he's only one little spider Iron Man comes in, saves the day. Um, the relationship between Iron Man and Spy- Peter Parker is interesting yeah. because he doesn't w- he doesn't want uh, Peter Parker to become him. Yes, and I think he feels guilty for involving yeah. Peter into the battle and like getting giving him this, you know, desire to do yeah. to, to be a superhero to yeah. be like the Avengers. And he's like, you're young, and he fe- I, th- I I can see he feels guilty, but he doesn't have time to mentor him. Right. And he feels guilty about that too. Yeah. And he's kind of doing a terrible like pick job. Your priorities. Yeah. Stop being your father. And so basically in the end, um, you know, Peter finds out that uh, the vulture is his girl's father. Yeah. And there's a great scene when Vic, uh, Adrian Toome realizes that Peter Parker yeah. is Spider-Man. When he drives them to yeah. the dance. He's driving to the dance. Yeah. He has her get out and he talks to him and he goes... You know, basically, I haven't killed you because I love my daughter and yeah. she likes you. Um, but if you back off, I'll leave you alone. But if you don't, I'll kill everybody in your family. Yeah. I'll kill everybody. I'll kill your, all your family. I'll kill everybody. Yeah. He's just so, he's not evil. He's not evil. And that's what I like about him. He's, he's just, just trying to get what he he's, he's trying to protect his family. Yeah. He's like, this has already been, stuff has already been right. taken from me. This is the way I support my family now. And this little punk is trying to stop all you that. You get in my way and yeah, yeah you're causing problems. Yeah. And so he's not just purely evil. Yeah. And I, and then one guy he kills, I don't even think he meant to kill that guy. He no. meant to do something else and he actually killed him. And he's like, whatever. Um, but they're criminals. Uh, and so Peter has a showdown with him, saves the day. Um, the villain doesn't die. No. Goes to jail, doesn't reveal who Peter Parker is, you know, kind of realizes this is where he was going to end Meets up anyway. And meets a scorpion, Matt Gargan. Yeah, hopefully we'll get the Sinister Six at some point. Oh, I don't want any of that stuff. <laughs> anyway, and then Peter, you know, his, his girl moves away, and mm-hmm. that's it. And he kind of goes on, and he's offered a chance to join the Avengers. Yep. and turns, turns it, it down. down and shows you know real maturity, yeah. and that he's you know he's got more to live, more 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 to mature to, and and to grow as a he wants to be kind of wants to be a kid too. You know, we get to see a different version of uh, MJ uh, as Zendaya. Whatever whatever uh which i think was interesting like i i had no i was like oh why is, like why are they casting her in this movie and i thought she was great i thought she yeah, played she, she played a really quirky character and it, it made her character was really interesting and i really enjoyed it the best part though is like right at the very end where like he's about to he's he takes off his mask uh, his spider-man mask and then aunt may walks in and she's like what the yeah and, and then, then he just cuts yeah and then you find i mean because like and that's kind of what they did with the first iron man right yeah. it's like okay we keep all these secrets or we could just be like yeah there's no way he keep the secret from his aunt no it just doesn't make any sense so yeah. let's just do that he keep it he can barely keep it from his friend you know yeah. i like how they had his friend who knew his secret he's like i want to be the guy in the chair that yeah. it was great too man um had a really I mean, it was a fun spider-man 
Um, it had really good elements, and I like the fact that he was a teenager. He was just a teenager, yeah. and that's what I think the other Spider-Mans had missed. And I love the original Spider-Man trilogy, other than the third one, um, which never got made. Uh, <laughs> and if I, uh, the other two Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, they were okay. I yeah. mean, it just wasn't... It was okay. Yeah, that's Tom Holland does a great it. job. Tom Holland does a great job, and I can't wait to see what Spider-Man is going to do in the Infinity yeah. War. So uh, I think we should skip the next movie because we already talked about it. Okay. Thor Ragnarok. We both loved it. We both loved it. It was great. It was great. It was a phenomenal movie. Uh, if you held out on seeing it because it's a Thor movie, you should stop doing that and treat yourself to a wonderful buddy, buddy cop. And uh, I, I, I honestly think it is going to be important for Infinity War too. Yeah. Um, it's it's leading into it and and it explains uh, Thor's and um, Banner's absence yep. from Civil War and it also starts the Hulk's three part story arc um, that they that they legally can't do a movie because Universal owns the right to a a feature length Hulk movie. This starts the this is part one of three of um, what they're doing. Probably this being the first part, Infinity War being the second and uh, probably Infinity War 2 or whatever it's going to be called being the last part of it. I hope it just pops up in another movie. I don't yeah. really care. Okay, so let's talk about the last movie we actually watched and yeah. kind of prompted this whole, let's go through the whole MCU. Black Panther. Dude. Read so the, good. Read the synopsis. Read the go synopsis. Ahead. I'm interested to see what they actually oh, say about I, this. I don't even know if I have the synopsis here. After the death of his father, father T'Challa returns home to, Afri- to African... To the African nation of Wakanda to take his rightful place as king when a powerful enemy suddenly reappears. T'Challa's medal as king and as Black Panther gets tested when he's drawn into a conflict that puts the fate of Wakanda and the entire world at risk. Faced with treachery and danger, the young king must rally his allies and release the full power of Black Panther to defeat his foes and secure the safety of his people. That was an okay synopsis, but I gotta say, this movie, like, it... It just brought back what I felt when I f- saw the first Iron Man movie. Yeah. Like when I was like, wow, like they actually were able to pull this off a character that I didn't super care about or like really like, like, okay, like this is a cool movie. Like it's a cool concept for a movie. I hope they do a good job with it. It was the kind of the same way that I didn't read a lot of Black Panther comic books as a kid yeah, or anything like that. I knew who the character was and I knew like kind of the backstory to it, but the way they did it and the way they, they brought in, uh, they brought in T'Challa. They brought in Eric Killmonger. Like they brought in all these characters. It was just phenomenal. It was probably one of my favorite movies. Uh, definitely not going to be my favorite movie of the MCU because I think Winter Soldier and Civil War are probably still higher up there. Yeah. But this is easily in top five. Yeah, easily. I mean, this is easily top five. I just, yeah. I just, um, they weren't too heavy-handed with any social commentary. They had it in there, and it was, it was there, definitely but it wasn't. In there. It wasn't heavy-handed. It was. It was part. It was the soul of the movie and the thread of the movie. It wasn't yes. like they had to like force it down your throat. Because the just, whole movie was about it. Yeah, it was just there. And like how, you know, you know, there's a little jabs like, you know, um, don't scare me like that colonizer. Yeah. Just certain things like, you know, we have to realize what's going on in this yeah. country and wh- why they've actually secluded themselves. Yeah. Not because they're really just trying to hide this tech, but look what was going on around them yeah. at the time. And so, you know, they, they and, know they have to protect their In the their mindset people. of... I'm just going to go out and say it. The mindset of Wakanda first. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's kind of where we're going at here. Um, so it was definitely there. It was just done in a really, really good way. Yeah. And, right. And then you think Black Panther as a character having to, you know, 
assume the role of king yeah. prematurely probably yeah. because he wasn't entirely ready he wasn't he wasn't ready and his, his father yeah. died in an explosion um but this you know the whole lion king moment i like yeah. to call it where he gets to talk to his dad yeah. and realizing that you know i've been grooming you for this yeah. you can be king you can make the choices you can be who you want so when he finds out that eric killmonger is actually his cousin um and realizes what his father did what i really appreciated was not as the new king, he didn't just say, my father did this as king, I'll respect it and, uh, you know, just stand my ground and just be like, this is the way it is. He went back into the, when he got back, got to yeah. go back into the spirit world, um, he was like, you did wrong. Like you messed up. Like all of you have messed up. Yeah, all of you have messed up. You think that this is the way to do things and right. I'm not going to keep doing things just Your because- sense of nationalism has- has, has gr- crippled us has crippled us yeah and caused and, this and, monster and caused this to be w- what has happened yeah right and so it, it was just it was just done so well uh eric killmonger was a great villain yeah i think he's one of the you know other than um what's his face crap the movie just talked about the villain um dang it uh spider-man spider-man other than vulture t- t- tombs yeah. you know vulture i think he's my top villain yeah because um, i don't consider loki a villain um, yeah, he kind of plays both sides. And then Killmonger is probably yeah. number two. I mean, I just I think that he was just trying to avenge his father, and he really, you know, if you think about where he grew up in Oakland, and when he was talking to his dad, yeah. when he got to go to the spirit world and talk to his dad, and he yeah. was like, you know, aren't you aren't you sad about my death? And he was like, death is just a part of life here. Yeah, and I was like, man, that's true though, right? Think about how many kids grow up in those in those types of of inner city places where death is a part of yeah. life and, and even f- even connecting it to Africa where death is a part of life, yeah. you know, and you see that all the time and that's where you live and that's yeah. your space. And for him to realize that death is a part of life and be desensitized to it to where he can be the special ops person and kill all these people, you yeah. know what I mean? And so you, I mean, if you really read deep into the character, he's just trying to find some sense of where home is and, yeah. and he's lost, right? And he blames a lot of people for what happened and he wants to make changes and he feels like if i can get access to all this that's mine should be mine anyway yeah i can make changes yeah and he goes about it the wrong way he's, yeah, he he's definitely does. a villain i mean he he's definitely does. a villain but but he's a conflicted villain yeah he's 100 percent conflicted villain even when he's like speaking to his dad in the in the spirit realm like he knows like this isn't the best way to do this or like this isn't the only way but it's the only way that he understands yeah and um i just thought it was it was done really well the humor in it was done really well um, uh, Ryan Coogler, the director, I think he just did a phenomenal job of bringing new life into the MCU and, you know, just, just re like presenting this character in a really good way. Um, yeah, I was super happy with it. Yeah, I, thought it was great. I mean, it was, it was really good. I can't wait to go see it again. Yeah. Um, I, I was expecting it to be good anyway, yeah. but probably not as good as it was actually. The other good thing too, is that this is a standalone movie. It doesn't, you really don't have to have been involved in the entirety of the MCU no. up to this point. There's some, there's some references that you won't get um, if you haven't watched all the MCU movies uh, up to this point. But for the most part, this was like, uh, this was a, a, almost like an Iron Man one, right? Yeah. Like it could have, it could have been on its own. There's some references. Well, like in the Doctor Strange is the same way, right? It's yeah. a good standalone film. Even Spider-Man to an extent, it's a little bit less because it does have a lot of threats yeah. and other things, but 
Um, but they, but in Spider-Man, it actually explains some of it too. Yeah. And I think, you know, Black Panther is the same thing and you don't have to, you're right. You don't have to watch everything else to really enjoy this movie no. fully. Um, there's just certain things you won't, you won't understand. You won't connect to. Yeah. Right. So like you'll see Claw, you understand who he's there, why he's there, but you won't connect to when you saw yeah. him before and who he was and you know, how he lost his arm basically. Right. Um, but you wouldn't need to care about that anyway. Like if you just watch this movie, you wouldn't be like, how did that guy lose his arm? Who cares? Yeah. He doesn't have an arm. He has a fake arm. And um, the fighting in this movie, I have to say, is probably some of the best fighting that we've seen in a long time. Um, I'm going to butcher her name, but she plays Michonne in The Walking Dead. Uh, Denai Guria. Yeah. I'm fail. A, fail. Total fail. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm butchering her name. I wish I could give her the credit she deserves by saying her name properly, but I can't. That fight scene in the, that that fight scene in the casino was amazing. just amazing. Yeah, it was really good. Um, and I thought it did a really good job of like, this movie did a, such a good job of not showing, not just showing like a different ethnicity in the MCU, but also like showing that the women uh, as fighters were just as like just as strong, and strong and, African women and as fighters. good as good of fighters as the men were, and probably even better actually. Yeah, um, you know, she, I mean, she's the general of his, his yeah. personal guard and everything. Yeah, and then even Lupita Nyong'o, Nyong'o man, yeah. Lupita, forget that about yeah. that um, as Nakia. Um, being a spy and yeah. a fighter and being able to hold her own um, and then having his sister, you know, they have these really strong female characters, yep. even though they're not the central character of the no. movie, but they don't feel overshadowed. No. Um, and by, the movie wouldn't be the same without Black them. Panther, yes. And, and then he, he's he's got his own arc to go to. And I, someone said, you know, I was reading some stuff about it and they were like, you know, he, there wasn't anything really heavy for him. But I think there was to find out that your dad is not who he was, and to find and, out he he wasn't think, as good. Of think a, about that. If if he's not that good, how am I going to be a good right. king? And it's it's just interesting for us to talk about legacy and think about that. If my dad, and if you if you parallel it to the African American community, yeah. If my dad was like this, what kind of man am I going to be? Right. And that's what it boils down to. And and then the, everyone's telling him, especially Nakia is telling him, look you have a choice, yeah. you know, and his dad told him, stand up and be a king, right? Yeah. And if you think about that for everybody, we need to, and the, you know, we need to realize that we make our own choices. We're in charge of this. It doesn't matter what happened before, what our fathers did, what our family did in the past. Right. What are we going to do going forward? Right. How are we going to make a difference going forward? Right. Are we going to rely on the past to guide us? Or are we going to forge a new path? Right. And that's what this is really talking about. And that's why he changes at the end and says, we need to come together and be unified. Wakanda is not going to keep everything to itself anymore. We're going to go out and help the world. Yeah. This is a really good, I mean, a good story. I was, I was blown away by the action and, you know, having a really good villain um, man, that, that line about um, burying me in the ocean. Yeah, because my ancestors knew that death yeah. was better than than um, uh, than being 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 slave, being being captives, no. being bond, in bondage, in bondage, bondage. Yeah, yeah. Death was better than bondage. Yeah. So I mean, it's just yeah. really, really good performances by everybody. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, so yeah, it was it was good, man. I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to this uh, the new Avengers. I think they've set it up beautifully. Yeah. And. The Russo brothers are probably going to do a great job. I don't see why they wouldn't. They haven't um, done a bad job yet. The trailer looks amazing. Yeah. Like it's spanning really a lot of locales and it's going to be, yeah. I just, I just hope it's not too much. I will I say, hope, I hope they do enough and cut it off when it needs to be. When I first heard that they were going to go down this road, I was like, okay, great. Joss Whedon can do this. He can do, he can, he can do, um, multi-character storylines better than anybody can. But the Russo brothers, have taken it to a whole new level. 
because the original Avengers was good, mm-hmm. but Civil War was, was amazing. Just amazing. Even Winter yeah. Soldier was amazing, yeah. and it didn't even have to make hair. But when Civil War came out, I was like, okay, wow, you can really do this. Yeah. And every single person, every single um, character had their own story. Yeah their own development nobody was just shoved nobody in. nobody was lost yeah. yeah nobody was shoved in or shoehorned and that's what you get and that's what i like about black panther too everybody really there's no shoved in people either nope. even mbaku who plays um man ape yeah you know it's his name um he wasn't shoved in either he no. played a pivotal role and a critical role and had some great input into the story yeah um so i think they did a really great job of making everybody useful in this film 100 um so i'm just i'm excited because the last couple of films have been really good yeah um, from the MCU, uh, so yeah, that's that's all we got. And that's that's all eighteen movies. We did it! Yay! <laughs> Woohoo! Um, Technically oh. seventeen. We've talked about Thor Ragnarok a lot, though. Yeah, we we talked about Thor Ragnarok. We yeah. we said it was good. We yeah. talked about eighteen movies. Um, so yeah, let us know, please. Let us know what you think. Um, let us know how excited you are for the new Infinity War movie that's coming out in May. Uh, let us know what we made mistakes on. What we sure, missed. There were plenty. There were a lot, I'm sure, because yeah. we we're trying to rush. I mean, talking about all these movies, I mean, you could we could have an episode per movie, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so you can hit us up at it's going to get stupid at gmail.com. Drop us an email. Find us on Twitter at IGTGS show. Uh, we can be reached on Facebook, facebook.com slash it's going to get stupid. Or just hit up our website at www.itsgoingtogetstupid.com. So next week we'll be back with a regular format and our regular time. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed these longer episodes. And uh, man... Uh, Thank you all for listening. Have a good week.